Hey everyone, and welcome to the podcast of Nonsensical Gamers. My name is Matt, and joining me on the cast today are my two stupendous co-hosts, Miss Tiffany B. Hello. And Dan. Ladies. All right, everyone, thank you all for joining us. In case you're wondering where to find us on social media, you can do so at facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Check us out on YouTube to see our live episodes and Tiffany B's lovely, well-produced board game segments. Find us over at the BGG Guild, number 2077. You can reach that by going to guild.nonsensicalgamers.com to have a conversation with us over there. Or find us on wonderful places like Twitter and Instagram, where we are very active. So if you notice, I have not mentioned any kind of broadcast news this episode because we are doing something a little bit different in honor of the impending Spiel 16. Essen is about to happen, and it is time to go over what we are interested in. So, instead of any kind of news or Kickstarter, we are going to have a whole episode where we chat about the games that we are looking forward to, and it sounds like Dan has a lot of them. This is Essen. This is like where the good games come out. I think that's their tagline, right? Essen, where the good games come out. Yeah. If it's not, it should be. Screw you, Gen Con. Everything you previewed at Gen Con. Well, let's go ahead and just jump right into the games. No structure, free flow. What are you interested in? Why are you interested in it? And Tiff, maybe I will start with you because you have a little bit of your method that you need to describe, right? The Essen preview and really all the previews now are a little overwhelming, so I'll apologize in advance if I talk about any games that aren't for sale or are just preview only because I don't even look at that. I only look at the titles. I just take the list, go titles only, anything that catches my eye, I open up and look at it, and that's how I narrow down my list now. I can't see how that's efficient. Well, it does save a lot of time if you consider how many pages of Essen games you could get bogged down with. Titles only makes it possible for me to only look at a few. You know, I know that if a game is going to be good, people will be talking about it later. So if I miss anything that's mind-blowing, I'm okay with it. But Tiff, you're the you're the hipster gamer. You're supposed to be like deep in there searching for those hipster games. That's true. I I mean, I feel like you can still find hipster games. In fact, you're more likely to find hipster games this way because you are looking at titles and not artwork and not even necessarily like you can see the publisher. So I guess that's a little bit. But that's fair. Yeah, I found the cookie 2.0 just now. That sounds like a good hipster game. So (laughs) I have some big names on here. Yeah. All right. Well, tell me about one of them. One of the games that I was just looking at this morning is Ave Roma. It was apparently on Kickstarter, but it's a worker placement game. And the workers are numbered, I think. And you put down your workers during your turn, just like a worker placement. But when you take them back, you get different ones. And that seems really interesting. It is. I like that kind of innovation. I Now, they equate to like which workers can do which things kind of thing. Is that, I think? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> and we finally see the flaws in the title only method <laughs> well no i i mean i didn't just look at the title i open up the thing no, but I, I think just knowing that that's how the mechanism works is enough for me to say yeah i'm interested in this i don't need I to you. know exactly i didn't read the rule book i just read the description on board game geek that's fair that's fair yeah it does sound cool that was one that was uh, kind of on my short list. Uh, so interesting. It has a round board also. I always like that. I don't know why. Circles. You're really into circles? I'm super into circles. That's Deep fair. into circles. All right. <laughs> All right. So Ave Roma is one of Tiff's games. Dan, you might have to go like three or four at a time if we want to get through these. So let us know what you're interested in. 
All right, so I'm just going to throw them out there. So my big three, I think, are probably the big three of most kind of the, the heavier Eurogamey fans. Um, Feast for Odin. Uh, this is the um, Uwe Rosenberg's new Viking-themed monstrosity. Uh, this is supposed to be bigger than Caverna as far as components and box size. Uh, it's essentially a game of... It, it's like Caverna meets Patchwork. Um, you're buying pieces to put on your little player board and arrange them so that they fit together, covering up spaces to earn various resources, etc. I think there's something like 64 different worker spaces that you can utilize in the game. Like It's almost like a sandbox, and that's kind of what I loved about like Fields of Arl. It was just like this sandbox I got to play in, and I just got to like throw cardboard and rub it on my body and just enjoy it. It was just awesome. I've never played that game with you. It's a solo game. I really like that game. I do. I play that with just me and my herd of cows um, that I'm taking to the market. But So this one's supposed to be, it's Viking theme, which I'm kind of getting sick of. I'm not going to lie. Um, but it's got like Clemens Franz art, so it's got that soft-looking, normal Uwe title. Uh, really looking forward to this one. I have it on pre-order, so yay. The other one, I'll just get these three out of the way, and then we can talk about some some crazy ones. Um, Great Western Trail. This is probably, I think I'm looking forward to this the most. This is Alexander Pfister's new game. This is coming from Stronghold here in the U.S., and I, I guess Eggert Spiel or Pegasus Spiel or one of those Spiels in Germany. Uh, this is his new cattle herding Great Western kind of game thing. Needless to say, it's on my list. Yeah, it's got various types of cattle cards in different colors. Um, I, I, I kind of started reading the rule book, but I didn't get through it. It's kind of, as I understand it, you get like there's a couple of phases to each turn. One where you're going to be moving across this map. This map has a bunch of connected spaces, and you're going to be paying for the spaces that you pass through. However, you kind of take the actions of the buildings that, that you move to, kind of, I don't know, it's got a little bit of a that. There's trades you can make with, quote, Indians or Native Americans um, for that. There's hazards and all kinds of stuff. It just looks great. I don't know. I love the aesthetic. I love the theme. And, and I mean, I think I don't think anyone on this podcast would disagree. Fister has been killing it. Like, killing it, He's yes. got... Two Kenner Spiels and another one nominated for a Kenner Spiel in the last two years. Like, that's pretty damn impressive. So, anything that guy puts out now, I will immediately check out. Um, I really like that you mentioned the different kinds of cattle cards as, like, a feature that got you going about this game. They're like, cute. All those it's, cattle cards, yes. Like, I, I and I always that's write, how Dan like, picks a game. I'm not huge on Stronghold's art direction when they do their own games but this one is coming this is an import and it looks like they did the art right in this one so i'm very happy about that i don't like the box cover but i like the game inside so we'll give it a yeah the, plus yeah i'm not huge on the box cover um i'm glad they put it in black and white because it, it it softens like i don't like people that big on the cover of my board like give me some scenery give me a cow give me something see again cows. i don't need like Dan? I know, but I don't need. I Is don't there need something you need to tell us. I don't need three dudes staring back at me when I pull a box <laughs> off the shelf. Like, you don't want three dudes looking at you while you rub that cardboard all over your body. Got it? <laughs> no, that's the Viking game. That's the Viking game. I don't want to see. I don't want them to see me playing with my longboat. If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> um, Sorry, Todd. 
So, and then the last one I'll throw out and then I'll stop talking is uh, Oracle of Delphi. So as I mentioned, these are like the three big designers, their new games. This is Stefan Feld's new one. And this one has a cool box art cover. And this is coming from Pegasus Spiel, and I believe TMG is bringing it to the U.S. It's like an exploration game of sorts. Like you're traveling across this variable game board that has hexes, and there's, you know, islands, and lots of water. <laughs> Who doesn't get amped up for water? Are you super into that theme? Uh, it's, I mean, it's, what is it? This would be, like, Greek-based, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah, yes. and I do like that. I like Greek mythology a lot. I'm a big fan, big ups to my boy Zeus, you know, it's all... <laughs> I think the appeal of this one is that it's supposed to be like, isn't this the one that's supposed to be like the dice mechanism of Castles of Burgundy or something weird like that? So you've got these like, yeah, these actions are all color dependent and you've got these colored dice that you're using each turn. I think they call them like Oracle dice. And so you're like rolling these dice and it's like consulting the Oracle is how they describe it. <laughs> and then the, the results represent the Oracle's answers. And then you execute <laughs> the answers determine which actions you will be able to take that turn. You always have three actions per turn, but they're slightly different. So in typical Feld style, I imagine you'll probably be able to mitigate these dice rolls, do something, or you're just going to have to deal with it. It's another Feld thing. It's one of the two. It's like you can mitigate what you rolled, and if you don't like it, then just deal with it. I'm really excited for that one. It looks great. That's another one I have. Those three I all have on pre-order. Those are like... If I don't buy anything else for the rest of the year, I'm happy Like with those three. Oracle of Delphi is probably top of my list. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to try it. It's got a nice aesthetic. The player look board looks insane. It looks like Aquasphere on steroids, the player board. <laughs> so it's That's like, a little right. worrisome, <laughs> given how I feel about Aquasphere. All right, well, I need to get a couple of things out of the way, uh, just like you got a couple of things out of the way. I have to get the... What is this structure that we never talked about? I'm just going to list off my top three. No, these are why my top three. Tell me? These are I could stop talking guys... now. That's, what, that's why I did that. Like, I could stop that talking now. That seems like a bad plan. Now it's just going to be <laughs> me being like, and here's this tiny little game that no one cares about, and here's another tiny little game that no one cares about. Well, I'm choosing a couple of games that we've already talked about. All right, fair enough. Sorry. That's okay. We we are free flowing here. I don't like it. Remember, podcasts of nonsensical gamers, they don't know what they're doing either. Yeah, but I need structure. <laughs> well, here's your structure, Tiff. You're next. So the first game that I'm interested in that I still kind of haven't been able to get my hands on, although I think it's it's out and about in the world. I don't know if this is like a big Essen release, but we still haven't seen Haru Ichiban come over here. You can buy it on BGG. Well, every time I see this on lists, I get excited because it's a Bruno Cathala game. It's a two-player game. It looks fairly light, but the price reflects that. And it's a game about uh, you've got some simultaneous card reveal, which determines player order, kind of like Raptor or um, other games in that same vein. And this allows you to place lily pads on this little water board, which you're trying to make different patterns of the lily pads to score points. Super simplistic, but looks like the kind of game that I'd be into. Could probably get Kel to play it, and it's got a really nice aesthetic. You know, the box art is bright colors on a white background, and then the board is very uh, natural looking. It's got a lot of different bright colors. Uh, they look nice. I feel like one of you two have played this before. I've played it. Tiff has played it. Should I still be excited about this so many years later? It's definitely a mat game, because it's super super abstract that theme is not really a thing and, and i thought it was kind of weird for an abstract i played it with z a couple of uh origins ago 
And he had the very fancy version that they initially released that's like wooden. And that's maybe the only way I would ever think about buying it, just because it's such a neat thing on the table. But uh, yeah, I never figured it out. He seemed to enjoy it quite a bit, though. So I'm not always great on abstracts, so it's probably great for you. All right, that's great. It's a Mac game. There's an app if you want to try it for like a dollar. Oh, okay, that's cool. The other one that I am also interested in still is a game that you guys want nothing to do with, and it has the worst name in the world. It's Perdition's Mouth, Abyssal Rift. Oh. Oh, God, that, I remember this that's one. A I don't want to be anywhere near or in <laughs> Perdition's Mouth. That's a mouthful. <laughs> I, I don't get why they stuck with this title it is not a good title it is a weird title like a joke title (laughs) it makes me uncomfortable but the game looks kind of cool it's got a couple of ratings it's getting okay buzz um but this is a it's a hybrid game essentially because it is a dungeon crawl cooperative game with an ai enemy system so that kind of makes you go oh okay there's a lot of those coming out kevin wilson is one of the listed designers you know he had a hand in this so that leads you down a certain path Uh, the difference here and why i'm still interested in it is that the goal of the game was to bring a euro element to dungeon crawls and they do that with a um, no dice chucking system actually uses a rondelle for some action selection it has some programmed card flips and it's got a unique ai system um, that basically gives you a lot of control over what you're doing in the game so it's more puzzly than it is randomly falling in holes and you know opening doors and seeing monsters and things like that so mitigating that randomness introducing a more euro friendly element uh, but still retaining you know the ameritrash theme and the campaign style system it's just a game that seems like it should be so cool and uh, it just hasn't come out yet so i haven't been able to really get a good idea for whether or not people are enjoying it you said rondell and i immediately became interested but i never would have picked this off of my see (laughs) titles only yeah well this is one of those games that makes you click away when you see the title <laughs> yeah yeah uh, rondell avoid... plus dungeon crawl equals interesting though yeah so 180 minutes per session does not uh... i'm into long games <laughs> all right that's cool that's cool uh 3.75 on the weight complexity scale so it's a heavy euro ameritrash game crazy town yeah anyway. how many people rated that 3.75 though not many at all so anyway <laughs> i can't i can't speak to whether or not it's actually that heavy so uh, those are two games that we've talked about before that i'm still interested in one seems that i can get my hands on it maybe i'll just play haruichi bond on my phone for the rest of the time while tiff talks about some more games that she's interested in i noticed that the, the making of small light games based on heavier euro games is the new hot trend because stronghold's putting out Lagranja, the dice game. No siesta. Yes. And I love Lagranja, so I'm this is probably usually I don't insta buy stronghold games because I've been bit a couple of times, but I I'll buy this immediately. It takes the dice mechanism from the board game and turns it into a lighter game. So okay. If I can get a taste of Lagranja a little bit quicker, plays in forty five minutes, and you can play it solo, apparently. So since I'm getting back into solo gaming, it has some appeal. They also have they have Cold Baron the card game, the great card game, but it looks a little bit heavier. It's got little tiny baby cards. Wait, it's called the great card game? Cold Baron the great card, colon the great card. So, and this one plays up to 80 minutes. So 
seems like it's going to be not as light as No Siesta, but I love Coal Baron. Was was that the same kind of thing with Castles of Burgundy, the card game, where it it's really like a card version of the full game? It's just kind of, it's still meaty and heavy. Doesn't mean it's dumbed down. Well, it's confusing because I got Broom Service, the card game, and that one is easy. And uh, so I don't even know what to expect when they put these games out anymore. Some of them are so much lighter than the original game. Some of them are similarly complex, but just in card form. So... I don't know. I will probably get both of these. I hope they're not too pricey. Probably won't be. Very cool. Dan, any overlap there? Were those those seems like those seem uh, like games that could be on your list? Uh Coal Baron is not the not the dice game. I gotcha. I'll, I'll wait to see what happens with that one first. What else is on your list? It's full of Asian inspired games. And these games just not only do they look really, really pretty, but they're they always have something unique about them. The one I'm looking at right now is called Hanimakoji. Hanimakoji. Something like that. I don't know. Hana Makoji. This is a two-player game, actually. And it was... I think it was originally published in, like, 2013. And they're going to bring it over. But this is two players competing to earn the favors of seven Geisha Masters. And you're going to do this by collecting, like, performance items with which you excel. Your little Geisha. So there's, like, speculation, which I love. There's uh, action, program movement, area control, card drafting, and hand management. Like, those all speak to me. Plus, it's kind of a, a quirky theme. I really like the the idea. I think the, the geisha culture in You like Japan. the idea of a geisha? And this one you can get for, like, 40 bucks. But, um, I uh, kid. Back to Dan rolling around in the cows. But, no, this one's cool. Were there any other Japanese-inspired games that you were interested in? Oh, yeah, a ton. I have Honshu. That's on my list. A trick-taking city-building game, which is interesting. Like a territory-building game. The first phase of the, the game, you're you're playing these cards that have just numbers and then this kind of outlay of a, a little village. Um, and then the winner of that trick takes the map card of their choice and then they build their little map in front of them and you're trying to do certain um, combinations for points and then some of the resources in your little map will help you add to your trick so that you can gain the, the um, higher number in the, the first phase of the game so it seemed cool the art's beautiful and that's the like that's the running theme with these like Asian inspired games. Like I just you just like pastels, Dan. I do, but the artists they pull in are phenomenal. Well, I'll talk about my Japanese inspired game, I suppose as well. Uh, of course, it has to be an abstract game. It is called Ninja Arena. I don't know if you guys saw this at all. Uh, it it's a two to four player abstract game, and it just sounds so cool. So they call it like kind of like a miniatures game, which it's not really but it it uses tiny miniature things so i guess that makes it in there anyway so you have an arena and the arena can actually change battle to battle you choose from four different ninjas they each have special abilities and you can arm them with different weapons and then you go through this three phase turn progression to take your moves and then battle it out in this abstract arena you use hidden planning uh, select from 18 options to pick what you want to do, whether you're like moving around or you're hitting or you're fighting. Uh, then you do initiative, which I believe this is simultaneous. So you plan your movements, and if you plan fast enough, you can pick the turn order that you want to go in. Kind of like Steam Park, which we just talked about how we didn't like in the pre-show, but that's okay. And then you have the combat where all the actions happen and you fight each other. Uh, super cool, like 
thematic abstract game. I'm I'm into theme plus other things. So thematic abstract and thematic Euro games have been the theme of my list so far. So uh, Ninja Arena is something that really appeals to me. Tiffany B, your Japanese-inspired game, since we're running on this kick. Oh, Dan stole it. It was that Honshu. I have another one, the box cover of the year. I don't know what will, because this thing is ridiculous, and that's Azuchi Castle. This thing is beautiful. So this one combines card drafting and worker placement. So two of my favorite mechanics. Um, it also has a bit of a, a memory element to it. Uh, so it's, it's a little bit on the lighter side of things, but you're... You're working to complete the Azuchi Castle, basically. You're producing resources, earning cash, and then you're also trying to help raise the army to prevent oncoming attacks. So all this is through like a worker placement mechanism to select your actions. And The cover is super pretty looking. I don't know, is, is it best of the year though? There's been a lot of good looking games. It's better than Great Western Trail, let's put it that way. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I think that Grim Slinger's box is pretty awesome though. Yeah. I love things on white backgrounds. And this thing is just, this has got Takedo art, like, written all over it. Yeah, this is very, it's like a nice landscape. It's not any weird mashup. Yeah, this is, this looks like something that you'd actually just frame and have on your wall. Maybe it's my love of Bob Ross, but I, I love landscapes. And this is a quick one, too. This is like a 20 to 30 minute game. There's only a couple happy trees there. There's a couple. But... There's another right. really sexy looking card game called Eternity. So check that one out too. That one is a, another trick-taking style game. But the art is like this nice uh, Asian-inspired watercolor. Uh, reminded me a little bit of that game that was on Kickstarter's Overseer. If you're into Asian-inspired things like I am, check these out. So Tiff, since Dan uh, stole one of your games, let's go back to you. Give us another game uh, that Dan did not steal from you. There's a game called Dreams coming out, and it has pretty box art, too. And it's really all about the art. It reminds me of a fake artist goes to New York, kind of. The players play as gods, and during the game, they reveal out these four different cards. And they have eight different artists working on this, so just, you know, fun, weird cards... And then the players transfer that image onto a oval-shaped board, which represents the night sky. The thing about it is, is the way they transfer this out, one of the players doesn't know which picture was chosen to put on the, to the sky. So you're trying to deduce which player is the one who doesn't know what's going on. Oh, nice. <laughs> So I don't know. It sounds fun, and it, it it says 72 large cards for this game. So, you know, you buy it kind of for the art. Yeah, that's fair. There is, like, quirky, weird art, Dixit-ish sort of a thing, and I just like it. I just like the idea of that. It's pretty. All right, so let's talk... Let's talk expansions, because I know expansions are a thing, and I need to give Tiff the go-ahead here, because Dan's going to steal your expansion if we let him go first. My expansion? Right. We're, we're jumping into expansions already? Well, we can come back. We can circle back. This is free-flowing. Ugh. See? It's not good, Dan. Now you're getting on board with the structure. Um, My expansion... What was our structure that... What structure did I violate? <laughs> I don't know. You say the expansions are just like honorable mentions in my life. Yeah, but there but... are some good expansions this year. Yeah, there are some really good expansions this year. I think the one that I'm most excited about is Pandemic the Cure Experimental Meds. I didn't even know that was a no, thing. You did not steal that. <laughs> yeah, I didn't think that that was what was going to happen. It adds a fifth virus. Okay. 
And, and so the rules are a little bit different, I guess. There's not a whole ton that I read, and there are new experts, which I'm ready for right now. I love Pandemic the Cure. So I, I wanted the expansion almost immediately, so I'm glad it's finally coming out. I, was, I thought everyone was going to talk about Deus. Deus is good. So Dan gets to talk about Deus now because you didn't take it, Tiff. Uh, I'm fine with that. So the Deus expansion is called Egypt. It's a, I, I think they got in a room and they really hammered out a creative title um, for this one. Basically because, I don't know, maybe, maybe the title kind of gave it away, but this one is about ancient civilizations in Egypt. It's a direct title. It's yeah, it's very direct, and I think that's something to be you know applauded. Um, let's not beat around the bush here. You're going to Egypt, and you're gonna like <laughs> it. <laughs> so this adds 96 new building cards, which is pretty sweet. So I think the math comes out to like 16 new for each of the various areas. And the was there five of them, six of them? I can't remember off the top of my head. And you can use this deck in place of the one for the base game, or swap in some of the different groups so you could play entirely just building on egypt or you could take like the purple deck and swap the purple deck and the blue deck and swap the blue deck so you're mishmashing your kind of your civilizations there each of these different cards has new rules and a couple of different strategies so um just to add up a little variety i uh i played the heck out of deus when it first came out and i really like it the the discard mechanic is probably one of my favorite mechanics um i love that i wish i wish more designers utilize the discard pile because i think there's just so much area to explore there Um, it's something i've really thought heavily on in my like kind of design ideas but i just can't i mean deus is just it's awesome like that's that's half the game and half the fun for me is just manipulating that that discard mechanic and the combos you can create in your tableau like uh, such a good game so yeah deus egypt must buy instant all right well i'll throw one in there that's probably not on your list and then we'll, we'll see if we need to continue with expansions so i don't violate the structure any further uh they already are doing a potion explosion expansion which i think is great potion explosion is a big hit with our family like it's just going over really well with everyone and i really enjoy the game and this new one is called fifth ingredient which i'll wait for dan's joke uh adds ghost ectoplasm sure it does tiny ball form i'm gonna leave it there it needs it it needs an expansion because that game's gonna get stale quick it's it's a good thing i hope it adds more potion powers too so do we dare continue our conversation on expansions or should we should we save the rest for the end we can keep going on expansions yeah i got excited by the steam park expansion because i'm really i do like steam park quite a bit and they're, they've released the Play Dirty expansion, a modular type of thing. I never liked that game's obsession with dirt. I get it, but it was always strange to me. Mm. It's it's adding new stands that give you powers and characters and espionage dice. Mm, you know, <laughs> in the robot theme park business, there's a lot of espionage. I guess so. I mean, it says here that they they it allows you to copy other players' actions at a cost, and uh, there are some new rides, and you can add. I love a modular expansion where you can add just a little bit of something new, or you can throw everything in there and make it completely different. I'll probably eventually pick this up. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of really good expansions. Like I mentioned, like for me, I'm really excited for Adventureland. Like I really like that little Haba Kramer and Kiesling game. It had three scenarios in the box, each being a different way to play the game, and this one's going to add three new scenarios. 
and some new bits um, to populate the board and quest for, etc. So I'm really excited to see what they add there because I like that game. It's a really good family weight game. Targi gets an expansion. Yes. Which is, I'm not sure. I didn't look too much into that because that's just like, okay, cool. I'll get that. Um, Barony Sorcery, probably one of my favorite abstract games. Uh, Barony, this is from the gentleman who did Splendor. This one flew under the radar like last year. And uh, I really enjoy it. It's a zero-luck game. Um, it's all about the different strategies you employ and the tactics on the board and the different pieces you build. And this one, this expansion is not going to add any new like luck to the game. It's just another way to play it. They're going to add in magic somehow. So I'm really excited to see what they do with that. Then Seven Wonders, I think Matt talked about this on a previous episode. They get the Pantheon expansion. For Duel. Yeah, yeah Seven Wonders Duel, sorry. And then Oh My Goods. It's a, an interesting one. I believe it's a scenario-based expansion, which is different. You it's, just wouldn't expect that. Yeah, I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. I don't I don't know. It's like a small box card game, and I like it as a small box card game, so I hope they don't try and like I- increase the bloat. Agreed. I don't think it needs an expansion, but... Yeah, maybe some new buildings, I guess, but I don't, I don't know what it needs. So I'm curious to see what that adds. That's Of all of them, that's probably the, the one I don't need the most. Well, one that I'm pretty sure we all need is the new version of the game. Nope. The game Extreme. <laughs> no. No, you're not you're not excited for the game Extreme? You know what would have been best? If they would have changed the name to the Extreme Game, and then you could search on it so much easier. <laughs> wow, well, you know. The, I don't even know that I want to give this more airtime, but essentially they made a new version of the game that puts weird direction cards that you have to follow. So, I thought you liked that game. I mean, I don't not like the game, but are we going to pretend like it's a great game? Oh, no, no, it's horrible. It's not a good game, and it's a silly game, but I, you know, I don't hate it. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's an activity. I like the versions that people are making, like, handmade. They're getting printed off. They look a lot better. There's less menacing skulls. Uh, one of the other expansions that I'm excited for that I don't think I should be excited for because I still haven't played the base game is the Cyclades expansion, Monuments. Uh, just a mini expansion, adding some new buildings, uh, building tiles, and miniatures for that. So just more for Cyclades, which I think is cool because another game that I'm interested in is Innis or Inish or Inis or however you pronounce that. Um, and aside from the very high price, it seems like a really cool game. So I, I like that Matago is supporting... You know, and Asmodee are supporting their their games, and maybe there will be a crossover between the Kemet and Cyclades into Innis. Tiffany B, what else is on your list? Cottage Garden, anyone? Sounds soothing. This is a uh, Uwe Rosenberg. Yeah, well, it it looks soothing. It's a puzzle tile placement game. Kind of looks a little uh, patchworky to me, but you're doing garden stuff. You have two personal garden boards, and you're building gardens around these elements that will that are worth points and it just seems like something i'd enjoy i love patchwork i love uve rosenberg gardens are cool let's do this (laughs) you can play it solo and it plays in under an hour it's hitting all the marks for me is it in that same line Mm. no because i guess it's got it's not the two-player line because it's got the it's one to four players i'm down with that Dan, you've got a game list that still probably has like 40 things on it. What else is... I'm giving you no restrictions. What else is on your mind? I guess a couple of 
Euro-y games, and one you probably wouldn't expect to be a Euro-y game, um, Adrenaline. This one's from Czech Games. Yeah. Um, those guys usually do no wrong. I think the only game I really don't like of theirs is Dungeon Lords. And that's not that it's a bad game, it's just I just didn't have fun playing it. That means it, that Dan does like Tosh Kalor, everybody. I do like Tosh Kalor. What's wrong with that? <laughs> Yawn. Uh, Matt gets all the abstract credit, but I like abstracts just as much. I just don't buy them because I don't like I don't have no, the opportunity no, no, no. to play them. Matt's the abstract he guy. He is the abstract Let guy. Let him have this. Okay. <laughs> it's a first-person shooter game that's Euro-based. So, yeah, I don't know a lot about it. I saw it being played at Gen Con. I didn't stay too long to watch enough about it, but everyone who played it that I talked to really enjoyed it, and they said it, it really captures the first-person shooter kind of the tension and the the theme the reloading and all that kind of stuff within a bunch of euro mechanics which is kind of cool so that one's on my list nice what else you said a couple of euro-y ones key to the city london i think i would like to check yeah, out yeah we finally get to talk to you about this because you weren't here when we covered it on the news yeah it's a key game which means it's probably going to be good and it's it's probably just key flower in london which i like the theme better so yeah um Obviously, London being my my second home, my favorite city. I like it. I want to try it. There's two versions. There's a Quind Games version, and there's just the basic. Was it Huck, Hutch, Hooch? I don't know how you... H-U-C-H, exclamation. Um, there's two versions, so I don't think there's any difference outside of the box art, but just something to be aware of. Um, I thought it was interesting that they already had two versions of it, and it hasn't even been released. <laughs> yeah, Quind games version probably looks real shiny the cover looks a lot better i mean the the huck hutch hooch game uh, <laughs> that Can has like please let us know how to pronounce that please yes yeah. please some a german speaker that has your 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 normal like pastel looking key series game but the quinn games has like this like majestic looking artsy picture of london on the cover kind of thing so i like the little quirky keyword the key flower key everything art so i would probably prefer that version unless there was some kind of significant upgrade in component or something like that yeah cool something that i didn't really know about before now going through the list was a card game called capital lux i don't know if you guys have heard of this mm -hmm. yeah nope. do you know anything about it dan uh i do it's a card game <laughs> um <laughs> No, it's a card game from, uh, I can't think of the name of the publisher. They're kind of new on the scene, but it's got art from Quan Chai. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how much you know about it. The mechanics are pretty cool. Um, it's one of those, it's, damn it, I like that. It's a Porta, a Porta Games? A Porta Games? Yeah, a Porta, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you can correct me if I'm explaining it wrong, but it sounds like from what I've read, uh, so it's a card game, a little bit of hand management. Uh, you have different characters or I guess there are professions in your hand. Uh, you can use those cards to either play to the middle of the table, which gives you their ability, or you can keep them in your hand. The deal here, though, is that the value of cards in your hand can never be higher than the cards, the value of the cards in the middle, or else you lose all of the cards in your hand, and those are your points at the end of the rounds. So you need to balance between playing cards to the middle or keeping them in your hand, um, which also raises it's a the cards in the middle are a communal pool which raises that limit of cards that you can keep in your hand for everybody i think i think it's it, you play to the middle or to your tab below and, oh, okay and it's set from here and when you play to the middle the the card that you play one of the four different types or five different types of cards also triggers a special action yeah. so you're somewhat rewarded for 
increasing the threshold for other people but then there's like there's a bit of a bluff aspect because you can play a card face down to the middle um, so you don't know how much you increased it by um, things like that or if you even increased it um, there's a couple of uh, interesting mechanics there but I, I really liked the the idea of balancing which you had in your tableau versus what's in the middle um, I'm a big fan of tableaus and I like it's kind of, it gave me a little like a parade feel where you're trying to not screw up your tableau but you still got to pay attention to the middle kind of thing so yeah, yeah. that's like cool those. it's got great like you said the arts from Quan Chai it's really colorful sci-fi art it's almost got it's not the same style but it reminds me of how far Space Foundry was brightly colored let's not talk about that game I had a feeling that would be the response. Tiffany B, what else is on your list? Fold it. <laughs> Did you it's, just, is that like an insult that, somewhere? You is that, that like with, F off? But... Stick it on <laughs> your shelf. No. Uh, it's called Fold It. It's a dexterity game puzzle real time thing. I, you know, I'm always looking. <laughs> I'm always looking for games to keep my dexterity collection fresh. And this is kind of a neat take on it so you, every player has like this square mat that has little squares inside of it and it's a, a cooking game so you flip out an order card that has a certain certain dishes on it and then you take your little mat and you're trying to fold it to match that order card so that you have a large like four by four mat and you're trying to fold it down to a weird two, two. yeah that's cool and it's double-sided so i don't know it, it seems like a really interesting take on dexterity yeah and it's quick and it's perfect for like a board game club situation i would love to get my hands on a copy of this but might be one of those hard to get type ones because it's by a publisher called happy baobab that i've never heard of oh uh, so. you're not you're not a big happy baobab fan <laughs> i love everything they do i think it's so i mean the art is cute and it's colorful and this idea of having this big mat that you're trying to fold up to match a, a order card just seems so like such a fun thing to do maybe it sucks in real life but it's creative it is it almost made my list is that when you found just on title alone tiff yep it works the method <laughs> <laughs> i'm telling Did you you find some interesting things by doing title only like Clown Standoff, I found that too. Clown Standoff looks so bizarre. It's clowns. <laughs> I hate clowns. Yeah, I, not not many clown games. Well, I, I don't know. There, there. Yeah, you're right. There aren't that many circus games. What caught my eye was it looks like. Um, oh, what's that worker placement from Artipia? The drum, drum roll. roll. Yeah, yeah, it looks like that art, which I do like quite a bit. And it's a trick-taking game, which is unusual for me. But it, it has, like, two phases. So there's the trick-taking game, and then you have a weird press-your-luck pie-throwing phase where you're trying not <laughs> to get a pie in the face. Thematic. It's a 10-minute game. It seems stupid. I, I, I'd like it. <laughs> it seems cool. Yeah. But strange. Uh, speaking of, like, weird card games uh you guys see schwups at all the ginger ale <laughs> yeah they're coming out with a game now this is a game that looks very german because it has little like inanimate animated dudes what i, I don't know look at the box art it looks very german uh but it's a card game how do you spell it it's like cinnamon buns the board game yeah s-i-n-u-h 
S-C-H-W-U-P-P-S. Schwups. I will search for it now. So what you're trying to do is you're trying to discard cards out of an individual player deck that you have. You have four cards in your hand and you have a pile next to you. And there's four discard piles out in the center of the game. And what you're trying to do is... You're trying to discard your cards, and you can discard as many as you want as long as you follow the rules of each discard pile. So there are examples that they give are like cards of the same color or cards exactly too higher than the current card. Um, so each discard pile has rules, and if you can get rid of all your cards, you know, that's good. You're going to get points and you're going to win the game. Uh, but the issue is, is that sometimes you can't always meet those rules, and sometimes people are switching the discard piles around. So the rules change before your turn comes back. So kind of zany, but a card game, it only takes a couple of minutes to play. It's super light, uh, but looks super interesting. I like these. It's got like, a, not exactly, but I like why first. I like these like weird kind of like backwards thinking games. So this is one that stood out to me as like a super light card game that I could get into. Schwup means in a flash. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's because of how fast you're discarding. I don't know. All I know is there's like a little meeple uh, cylinder guy on the cover and he's slipping and falling yeah i've done some research here and they apparently use it and they're as a bang you fell down kind of a thing like oh okay that's what it means so anyway weird yeah so schwups sounds cool dan i wanted to ask you if maduris made your list it did that's the new haba game from uh dorn uh Stephen dora 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 yeah, yeah dora i knew it was one of the d's dorn dora Dorn! Sorry. Dorn, Dora, and Dan. Yeah. Your three favorite D designers. Yes. Anyone that... I mean, yeah. The letter D is strong. Um, yeah, There's a it joke did. there that I'm going to let go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. There are kids that listen. Uh, the um, Yeah, it did make my list. I think this is the third or fourth game in that Haba family line. Um, the board looks kind of crazy. It's, it's definitely a must-check-out. I couldn't find much on it. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know much about it other than just looking at the board, and it looks like it has, you know, that level of, like, complexity that, like, the Adventureland has kind of thing. So yeah. I think it'll be worth checking out. Yeah. And we know it'll come it to the U.S., cool. which is nice, so. Exactly, and it has that same, like, art style. It seems like they're going with something fairly consistent to Adventureland, which is kind of cool. Yeah. What else was, uh, you know, I didn't mean to railroad you into talking about a game. What else is on your list? Hmm. You railroad me. It was on my list. Um, I mean, we can talk some some cutesy games if people want me to like change pace. I'm looking at um, Sultans of the Wind, or Sultans of Wind, and this is a game that I think it's at its heart it's going to be more abstract than anything. But you are flying carpet riders, and you're trying to guide your carpet through the ever changing maze of the clouds. Um, which is controlled by the Sultan's Jinn. Um, and then the first person to navigate across the board wins. So you're, you're programming your actions by choosing amongst uh, eight different wind tokens, which I believe give you different directions. And when you execute your wind token, it, it alters the board. So the tiles move on the board and you can manipulate it that way to your benefit. And you're trying to skillfully get across the board. Uh, it's just, I don't know. It's a literal abstract race game, which... Uh, I, I like it's got nice little art and yeah it plays quick and two to four players which is always nice for an abstract game Tiff do you have any other cutesy games on your list uh, are you thinking of Orktoberfest nope nope <laughs> nope you're on your own 
I wouldn't pick that on title alone. Like, I'm just like, oh. You wouldn't pick that on title no. alone? Because I was like, yes, let's do this. And then I opened it up and I was like... Is it a game about orc beer drinking? Yes! Yes! It, it is... So... There's not even a box cover on this page, which concerns me, but I do like the idea behind it. So you have like a, you know, a Oktoberfest type festival with orcs that you're trying to make happy by reducing their waiting time in line for bratwurst, beer, and pretzels. And you're trying to gain ha happiness as like how you win. So you do all these things and there are ways to jump in line and it, it even mentions the orcs using their body odor to scare other people out of the line or other orcs, I guess. But yeah. What? I don't know. It just sounds so cute. All right. So there's quirky and then there's just plain silly. I think this falls in just plain silly I love as far it. as theme goes. I love it. <laughs> so I hope it's like a real thing. The pictures they have on here look like prototype pictures and there's no box art so that's doesn't seem complete it also says it's being released in 2017 so maybe it's just like a for demo but uh well it's quirky that's for sure i like it maybe they'll have you like actually try it they're gonna put you in a line and uh with a bunch of you have to use your body odor to get to the head of the line yeah okay exactly exactly well dan which one did tiff not pick that you were hoping she did Oh, I was hoping she picked Hop. Yeah, Hop looks cool. <laughs> Hop is from Ludovic, Ludovic Montblanc and uh, Marie Cordeau, who is the artist of Dixit. And this is, and there's, there's zero information on this game uh, other than kind of the theme. You're basically these little kids. And this must be a theme for my light style games. I like to traverse clouds. So anyone out there who has a cloud-based game, I'll look at it. Yeah. Just let me know. So this one, you're like trying to move along the clouds and you're trying to face these different challenges and you're there's a little bit of a cooperative element in that you have to work with other people to, to face these challenges, but you're trying to do it in a way that you don't give them too many points. And uh, my feet... My fear is this is a little too munchkin-y. Dan, Dan, is there a reason you're not mentioning the legendary hippocorns? Because I think that's the key to this. I was going to go out on a bang, Tiff. Yes, there's hippocorns in the game somewhere. Don't know what they do. Don't know what they're for. But they look cute. And the like the production looks really nice. And I don't know. It's I mean, it's an established designer, Ludovic Montblanc. So I wouldn't mind checking it out. I'm not going to buy it, but... It's one of those like cutesy little games that I'd like to I'd like to look into. Did you talk about the painted minis? Yeah, it's got little painted miniature kid figures. They're all like dorky little kids. Yeah, it's super cute. And you get to move the the board thing. You get to like move up the levels and stuff. It's got that three D board. The only thing I know is how the game ends. And apparently, if you reach level seven, you win. But how you get to level seven outside of facing challenges, I don't know. Like the you physically move your dudes like up this. It's like a. It looks like a cake stack kind of thing and you actually get to move your you hop them up the board it's on my list let me, let me throw one more cutesy one at you while we're on cutesy talk how about peter and the grown-ups did not look at that <laughs> anyone don't know what that is no one look at this one um this is a kids game so it's a it's a game of strategy and bluffing so you are the you're, you're playing as a, a group of adults that have been mysteriously whisked away to peter's island so peter pan you have to like earn the trust of the locals in this island so they don't realize you're a grown-up. So you're going to be like drawing location tiles and performing the actions on the different tiles. 
and you can kind of bluff your your way through it as far as what tiles you are picking up and performing different actions. It's it's a bluffing game, but it, it looks really cute. I don't think like, it caught my eye. Two to five players. I agree, it's cute. Yes, it's pressure luck and variable variable player power. So each player, each grown up has like a varying power as well that helps with their thing. So nice. I don't think I have any other cutesy games. I didn't know that we were like Dan Tiff picks on mm. title and Dan picks on cutesiness alone. I have a varied list, which I'm quite That's proud of. That's how he got of. to Great Western Trail. He's like, this game's adorable. I even have a solo game on my list. All right, what's your solo game? That's how varied my list is. It's called Captive. Okay, it sounds dark. I'm <laughs> so it's it's interesting. So yeah, it is. It's it's supposed to be dark. It's like um, I think the premise is like somebody attacked a policeman, and you're trying to figure out who did it because there's a, a ransom and a kidnapping involved or something. I don't know what it is, but it's described as Captive is a comic combined with a game. It's the comic in which you are the hero. So this is a solo game, isn't it? So you embody the character in this story. And your choices guide your progress. So it almost seems like a choose-your-own-adventure in a way. You have a character sheet taken to like a role-playing game that tracks your progression and your special abilities and your VP and stuff. And so you're just following the comic panels. And each of these panels has clues and riddles and traps. And you're making choices about where to go and what to do um, while using kind of your visual perception that's given through this, this comic book to collect these different clues to resolve the riddles. I, I, it sounded really interesting. I, I I love comic books and I love riddles and deduction things. So I was like, this is actually something I might check out. Like, I like choose your own adventure books. I play the apps a lot. I don't know what the replay value is in it or anything along those lines. But this is coming out from Blue Orange actually, which I thought was interesting. Um, at least in the EU. So I don't know, one to check out. I only have I don't have much left in terms of my list. I know you guys have a lot more. So you know, one of the final things that I'm really looking forward to that I'm actually really interested in is uh, Sola Fide from Stronghold. It's a two-player game where you are battling back and forth to either you know spread or ignite the Protestant Reformation versus trying to hold on to Catholicism. Uh, just kind of an interesting historical time and a card game that sounds like it has a cool back and forth. There's a, one that we talked about before on the there's show. There's a couple of like Martin Luther-based games and all this. Like, refer- like It's because it's the anniversary yeah. of the 95 Theses. I, I saw at least four of them. There's there's definite themes in the list this year. Like I saw, we, we talked about the Viking games, lots of Viking games, a couple Martin Luther games. I actually saw a second magic carpet game where you're trying to steer aladdin around it's just funny how like you think of these unique themes and then all of a sudden they're not that unique there's like multiple games in that in that category it's it's weird magic carpet like we got two quilting games at the same time and now we haven't had a quilting game since because they're quilting games so i'll kick it back over to you guys uh let's you know try to come to a conclusion what are the other big games that are still on your lists or what are your highlights things like that and we will wrap i don't have that much left on my list i mentioned when we did our gen con preview that i was hoping to check out dream home because it just looks neat on the table you're building a house and furnishing it and it's sim-ish so i'd like to check it out there's actually a really interesting and this is a bit of a tangent there's an interesting like little rpg one shot thing where you pretend to go like on house hunters and you actually you know so it's a it's a narrative experience but you work collectively to make like this funny house hunters experience and that just what that's what jogged my mind was like oh apparently home building and house hunting is now a theme just play for sale or you could play for sale i guess <laughs> yeah i i have more i 
I was looking at HMS Dolores uh, at Gen Con. I think that's a neat idea. I'd like to check it out. Plus, it has Vincent Dutrait art. and But I think we've talked about that one before. And then the last one is Kilt Castle. So it's just like you're building towers. And the, the way you get to build is there are cards that are on the side of the board. And you choose one. And whoever's colors are on that card gets to build. And... There are ways, the whole point is to get money through your building, but I just, it just looked like a neat way. It has cool stacking tower pieces that you get to build. It's abstract and area control, so it's more of a Mac game than a me game, but I thought it looked cool. I will gladly take it off your hands when you don't like it, Tiff. <laughs> no, I'm proud of you. Broadening your horizons. Always. That's what this podcast does to you. I'm putting rondelles in my dungeon crawls and you're playing area control games. Dan, take us out. Give us the other 30 games on your list in rapid succession. I don't have that many. Uh, I'll just start with Knoxford. This is a hand management tile placement game set in like a steampunk universe. Um, the, the reason this caught my eye was it has a card overlay mechanism similar to patch history where you're patching together the cards as you play them. So it's tile placement in that sense, um, which I really like that mechanism. I think it's a cool way to do things. So I'd like to check that out. I'm also actually kind of excited for the Around the World in 80 Days reprint. Um, this is a game I've actually looked into for design purposes. I, I liked a couple of the mechanics in there, and um, but it, I just didn't get a hold of it. And they're reprinting it, which is always nice. Lorenzo Il Magnifico. Uh, this is a Euro game from uh, Cranio Creations. Um, and this has, uh, I can't remember the designers, the two designers. He's the designer of Sulkin, right? Uh, one of them is on there, yes. And it's it's in, it's weird, because there's two designers, and then it says, with Simone Luciano. So <laughs> I guess they just put him on there for name recognition or something, or he developed it. Um, this one's interesting. This one, you get like these different types of workers, and you roll these three dice, and those three dice set what those workers values are and then the board has varying threshold spaces in which you have to place a specific worker above a certain threshold number so there's a little bit of manipulation in the dice and then you're building buildings and uh, militaries and things like that so it's a it's a strict euro but i read the actually read the rule book for this one and I'm, I'm really interested in it i don't read rule books for many games but this one was a nice light had again had a couple of mechanics I was looking at that caught my eye, and I was just curious how they executed them. Um, so I think it's going to be pretty good. And I guess just the last two would be uh, uh, Toria. This is the new Inca Marcus brand yep. game um, coming from Hook Hutch Hutch Hooch Hook. Um, this <laughs> and friends and friends. Uh, this is kind of like a point-to-point movement kind of exploring doing kind of things there's not much on this one yet but i think we talked about this last year or earlier this year when it was announced obviously anything they do i will try don't know if i'll buy it but i'd like to try it so that and the last thing was something i know we talked about last year that didn't come out it didn't make essen which was aya this is that strange whimsical domino cooperative building game (laughs) where you're like lining up dominoes to do certain i don't know it just looks insane and it's it's beautiful like the art is like i said it's very whimsical it's got a nice it's pastel obviously so i like pastel um but it looks cool so those are my last couple there's 30 more so if anyone has any real interest in my entire list let me know (laughs) it's on twitter somewhere it is on twitter actually yeah go check the twitter i posted the list um i crossed like i said 
if I get the first three I talked about, Feast Road and Great Western Trail and Oracle, I'm happy for the rest of the year. So I have to put you on the spot. The embodiment of Spiel 16 comes knocking at your door and says you can have one game for free. Which one do you take? Tiffany B. Oh, man, that's hard. That's not cool. Oktoberfest. No, just kidding. Uh, (laughs) uh, Oracle of Delphi, probably. Dan? Um, If I'm going to get it for free, Feast for Odin, because that thing's expensive. (laughs) So this is a strictly monetary choice. Why is it always a business decision, Dan? Jeez, go with your heart. Dan doesn't have a heart. I do, but those three are interchangeable for me. Like I said, I'm going to have all three of them, so. Well, thank you for violating the spirit of the question. Okay, I said Feast for Odin. I I don't know if I would get Ninja Arena. Maybe, probably Solo Fide, because that game looks awesome. But that is a wrap on Spiel Essen 2016. Thank you all for joining us for this conversation. If you ever want to reach out to us, you can do so a number of places, including facebook.com slash the League of Nonsensical Gamers. Go to our YouTube and search for the League of Nonsensical Gamers to see our live episodes, some playthroughs, and Tiff's wonderful board game segments. You can check out the BGG Guild number 2077. If you enjoy the content, feel free to leave us an iTunes review. We would never be upset about that because it helps the show get noticed. It gives us constructive feedback on whether or not we are doing things that everyone likes listening to, and it just makes us feel warm and fuzzy. If you want to chat with us directly, you can do so on Twitter. That is the best place. Tiff, if they want to find you, how do they do that? I am at ineptgamer. And Dan, if they want to see your whole Essen list, where do they find you? I posted that on at League Nonsense for the League's account, and then at Scandalous underscore Nad is my personal account. And I am at Cinnamon Buns, spelled phonetically. And what happened yesterday, Dan? Why was I tagged as you? I don't know, because... Some, the, the only time somebody found my tag and actually used it, it wasn't for me. <laughs> it's Freudian. They were trying to reach you. It's Freudian. So, thank you all for... It was Freudian? I'm confused. Thank you all for joining us. We will see you next week with another full episode. Say goodbye. Toodles. Bye.